For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. Our first in a little break. I promise we weren't going to go on another six-month hiatus like we have been known to do before. But we are back um, and continuing on with our player position rankings as we approach opening day. Just a few weeks away at this point with spring training uh, more than a week old at this point. But I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at the Coach Moose. And as always, I am joined by Trey, who I have been so fortunate to do these player rankings with you can follow him on twitter at reverse two r's two s's and of course check out all of his work over on our uh youtube page at half street high heat or i guess it's youtube.com slash half street high heat but trey what's going on uh it's going pretty good i actually don't even know what the link is anymore because youtube like added ats now like usernames so oh, did they it's really all, it's yeah it's all over the place man i really don't i, I gotta figure that out but uh i wonder yeah. Other than that, you know, pretty doing pretty good. Uh, watching some spring training baseball action, WBC coming up soon. I'm feeling good. Baseball is almost almost back. I keep forgetting the World Baseball Classic is uh, is this year well, I, or I keep, is coming up. I, mean, I just I gotta keep mentioning it as much as possible because it's gonna be some awesome competition, despite the fact that some of the guys have had to pull out because of injuries or con- injury concerns or just wanting to start with their team or whatever right Uh, but there's still going to be a lot of really good players and it's going to be it should be fun should be fun update youtube.com slash half street high heat does not work (laughs) okay so (laughs) so i guess go to youtube.com and search half street high heat and that'll probably get you where you're trying to go yeah uh, we'll have to uh fix the link i guess (laughs) yeah I, i don't know but if you follow us on twitter as you should um it's in our link tree you know, we're posting videos all the time, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find. Um, but yeah, we're continuing on with our position rankings today. We have some catching up to do, especially if we want to get this done by opening day, which of course we want to. Um, but yeah, so we are going to continue on with our play rankings series today as we tackle shortstops. Um, you know, we have talked about this 
through our first three or four episodes regarding the, the position rankings that we've done shortstop and third base, which will be the next episode as well, or the next episode in the series. Um, very deep, very top heavy, but the depth is still very good. Like you have some absolute superstars at the top of these lists in to the point where it's really interchangeable and you kind of just go with your gut. And I don't think there's really a wrong answer with one or two or three. I mean, there is a wrong answer, but if you pick within those five, six guys, there isn't a wrong answer. Um, so it'll be a good discussion. It, it's a, it's a load position and uh, obviously we'll see some familiar faces or faces that were accustomed to seeing at the top of these lists especially at shortstop um but let's just you know let's get get the show on the road let's get right after it um mainly because what i just mentioned familiar faces or in this case a familiar face uh coming in at number one on our list is trey turner um and before i like i dive into the numbers the, the reason why we all have him um, or like why he was ranked first overall is looking back on Trey Turner, you know, as a Nat, obviously, you know, he's since gone to LA now he's with Philly, which is just, you know, phenomenal. Um, it, it's cool to see how he's developed. And I don't want to get into this whole nationals developing players. Cause I know some people will take that and run with it. Be like, Oh, I thought you said the Nats don't develop players. Well, they don't really. But Trey, one, is a generational talent, so he kind of is in his own, you know, stratosphere, so to speak. But when he first came up, everyone was like, oh, is he going to be able to be a leadoff hitter? Granted, he made his debut at, like, age 22, so he was just young and, you know, didn't have enough seasoning. He was like, is he going to be a leadoff hitter? Well, then he started cutting down his K percentage and upping his walk percentage, and, you know, it all ended up fine. And then they're like, oh, well, he's walking now, but he's never going to hit for power. And then you look at the last couple of years and he's now hitting for power as well. Like he's not hitting 40 plus bombs, but if you're hitting 20 to 30 bombs as, as a shortstop, like that's really, really good. Not to mention all the other things he does so well. So to me, like I always thought Trey Turner could be the best shortstop in baseball, even though it was a loaded position. He just wasn't there yet because it didn't fully come together. And I know. I think it was prior to 2019. There was one year we did our season predictions. Uh, speaking of season predictions, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, Trey just put out our season predictions. Um, but there's one season predictions where Ryan actually predicted Trey Turner to win MVP. And like at the time, it was a hot take. But now you kind of see how it could all come together for, for Trey Turner because he just does everything so well. Like he might not be the best defensive shortstop, but his defense has really improved. I mentioned his power improving and like all of the things that we had questions about early on in his career, he's really alleviated. And to me, like it, it, I didn't really have a tough time putting him at a one in a loaded position because I obviously still a huge Trey Turner fan, but also just a believer like it, he is just really good. Like he's 86th percentile in exit velocity, uh, you know, 89th percentile in expected batting average. Obviously, you know, he's one of the fastest guys in the league too, which contributes to his base running and, you know, just all that stuff. But again, I, I just think he does so many things so well 
that I, I in my mind, he's a hundred percent the best shorts up in baseball. Yeah. You know, um, for me, I, I definitely think I also put him at number one on my list. So I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think he's going to be the best this year. I think you could probably interchange the top three, four, even five guys, uh, and, and still have a decent number one. So, uh, but yeah, no, everything you said is, is right. I think what was going on with Turner was he was starting to become that player right before the trade happened. Uh, and then he got traded. And then he, I remember actually specifically on a Sunday night baseball broadcast, him mentioning uh, that he was the reason his defense was suffering was simply position based and that he was using the analytics, obviously from uh, going from the uh, dinosaur organization to the Dodgers is a big difference. So you learn a little bit more with the, with all the data they had. So, uh, and he had a he had a very solid defensive season. And also, the new rules are going to come into effect for Trey Turner uh, to potentially rip forty bags. So uh, he has an even bigger advantage, I think, over the other guys because he already has elite speed. Uh, he's not the yeah. fastest anymore, though. He's not the fastest anymore. No, no, but he's uh, still. Unfortunately, he has been usurped by Corbin Carroll, and that dude is absolutely crazy on the base path. But he's still gonna be able to if he if he wants forty bases he's got it. I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's that simple. Uh, and you know going from uh, Dodger Stadium to the bank that'll be nice for him too. He's always hit well there, and uh, he'll have half his games at a hitter hitter's friend hitter more uh, hitter friendly ballpark. Uh, so you could see he only had twenty one homers last year. You could see him potentially reaching thirty. So uh, I. As, as long as he continues to play how he's been playing, he's going to be one of the top three shortstops for a while. Yeah. And like that was the thing in a conversation we had frequently while he was still a member of the Nats. Like, do you pay him? Because if his speed goes, is he still going to be valuable? Well, Trey's realized that too. And he's, you know, doing more to his game than just being a one trick pony, you know, fast guy in the base paths. So it feels like the Phillies got another. another I know. It's seal. like every time I think about him, I'm just like, oh my God, he's on the Phillies. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it it's like the realization hits me. I'm like, oh God, we have to freaking play him. And then the, the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Um, I, I was just Brutal looking teams. at something. I love baseball savant. Um, Absolutely. Like, they're just so many cool things you can, you can do. Just, you can just look at, look at a new thing whenever you want. Yeah, so I was just like looking at expected home run by Park. Uh, but anyways, yeah, uh, Trey Turner is going to be very, very good uh, next year and the year after that and the year after that and probably for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. Um, but at least we have CJ Abrams. It would suck if we had like uh, Alcides Escobar again. Yeah, no, at least Abrams has. I'm super excited for him, too, so. Yeah, maybe he'll be on this list one day soon. How about that? Honestly, like he's looked really good this spring. So if yep, he can, and, uh, I mean, he just he's small so, sample size. He's so yeah. smooth. Like mm-hmm. he looks like he's been he's he's been playing short for three months already, and it's yeah, been, it's like five games. So it sounds so silly, but he he looks like he's in midseason form. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't you dare say best shape of his life because I will end this show right now. No, I'm definitely I'm joke. one to go for the midseason form. That's definitely my go-to as well. Life. Shut up. All right, moving on. Next guy on our list. Another NL East 
uh, opponent, and that is Francisco Lindor. Um, I, I've had like it's not like a love hate relationship because I've never been his biggest fan, but I've never been his biggest hater either. Like Lindor's just he's existed to, to me, but uh, you know, his first year in New York, I wasn't sure he would ever you know be worth that contract because they paid him pretty quickly um after the the, the yeah, deal at, at the time it seemed like a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's exactly like trey turner and xander bogart's good yeah yeah and crazy. i don't think i don't know if this is hot take i don't think he's ever going to win mvp i don't know that he'll ever be top three he could but i don't know that he will but he's just really well-rounded and now that the mets are better and they've built around him and obviously steve cohen's a huge part of that like it obviously if you have protection whether it be in the field or in the lineup or whatever you're going to look better and i think that's what's happening to francisco lindor because you know he was the bright spot of those cleveland teams but those cleveland teams like they got the most out of what they had but they didn't have like a, a super high floor either in my opinion um like it was a safe floor but it wasn't like a super high floor whereas now you have you know pete alonzo and uh, Brandon Nimmo and, and like everyone in that Mets lineup and who knows who, who they're going to add as well. Jeff McNeil as well. Like they, you know, he just has so much protection that he's not getting pitched around and he's not trying to do too much either because he can just be a guy at times. and He doesn't always have to be the guy. Um, so with Francisco Lindor, his numbers aren't eye popping, but again, I think he's super well-rounded. He has power. He, has some speed. He plays good defense. And like, that's kind of what you're looking at at shortstop, especially at the, the top of this list. It, there's going to be guys that have absurd power, but they might not play the best defense or vice versa. There might be guys that play really, really solid defense, but their numbers offensively are just like, okay. Whereas Francisco Lindor, he kind of does it all. He might not be the best at any single one thing, but he's super well-rounded and like, there's a reason why he got 10 years, 300 million or whatever that contract was. I'm going to have to disagree with you, man. I think he is the best at one thing. I think he's the best defensive shortstop in baseball over the last five years. Really? Oh, well, uh, I mean, if you're going to go over the last five years, but last right season, now, I, maybe not, but yeah, well, th that's what I mean. Like, if obviously I'm, if I'm yeah. going a larger sample size then yes, but I think now, especially there's guys that are definitely better defensively than him. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to, we're going to find out this year without, the, without the shifts, uh, <laughs> right. Lindor himself has, uh, was quoted as saying that he's a big fan of it because he wants to go out and make those plays. So I'm really excited to see that. Cause he's unbelievable. Um, uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, I, I feel like it was just a lot more, he played a lot more free and easy this year with, without yeah. uh, as much on his shoulders, uh, expectation wise. I mean, it could have just been the fact that he was in his second year and we have that second year thing going on. Um, wait, was he there in 2020? That doesn't really count though. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to, for my, for narrative ball's sake, I'm going to say it was his second year, even if it wasn't. So no, uh, <laughs> he was in Cleveland in 2020. Okay. So I was right. Um, you know, we've seen, we've seen that happen where guy, it just takes him a, a season to get comfortable, mm -hmm. um, learn the, the, their new, their new squad and how they're going to play there. And, uh, but yeah, like you said, there's definitely more of a lineup around him uh, to take that pressure off as well. So he was excellent last season. Uh, like he also, you also said, he's very well-rounded. That's that's obviously true as well. So 
he's been this guy pretty much every year except for that uh 2021 first year at the Mets so this is pretty much the player he, he is and that's a top three shortstop in the game yeah and I like we talk about or I guess it was mainly me but like we talk about 2021 as like this horrible year with in reality, like he was still solid. <laughs> like, yeah, it, no, it's the same thing with like. It was uh, just he wasn't Francisco Lindor level. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we'll, we'll get to Juan Soto eventually, but it's the same thing. It's like he had a down year last year, but his down year is insane. Seventy five percent of the exactly. league at least. Yeah, so well, Lindor, he obviously bounced back. I I think he's gonna have a, a very similar year this year as he did last year, and that's like a seven war season. Yeah, <laughs> so, not bad. <laughs> yeah, not not bad at all. So Francisco Lindor coming in at number two on this list. Uh, number three is a guy that Francisco Lindor was almost teammates with, and that is Carlos Correa. I mean, Carlos Correa was almost teammates with a lot of different people. <laughs> I know, right? It's um, like every everyone in the league. <laughs> but ultimately uh, went back to Minnesota. I I love that deal for the Twins. I know it was a, a long-winded way of getting there, but I love that they were just like, screw it, we'll pay you. We don't care. <laughs> like we we need a guy we like you we you were around last year you know how we do business we know who we have in you like let's just let's go to work so i i love that deal for both sides um again a long way of getting there but you know when you look at carlos correa it was basically everything i said for lindor but for correa um super well-rounded he might like on paper might not do anything the best but he is honestly the most well-rounded shortstop in baseball, in my opinion, because he does everything. Uh, let me back up. He's very well-rounded, but I also think he's like the most clutch shortstop in baseball. Like when you need a big play, he's there. When you need a big hit, he's there. Like he's not, maybe not the most consistent or like the most consistent at a high level, but like he, he's clutch. <laughs> like you look at his, you know, um, playoff performances and all, obviously all those years with, Houston and what he was able to do like I mean I'm gonna pull up his stats really quick from what was it uh 20 was it 2019 that year or 2020 he had an insane postseason uh well I feel like 17 he was nuts and 19 he was Se- nuts and yeah it was it I was 17, like nuts. 17 was the exactly the, the one I, w- I was thinking of um yeah, but anyway, so the the fact that I was having to search just proves my point. No, it was actually 2020 because I, I remember now because it was the expanded playoffs. He had like three or four home runs that opening um, series against like the, the White Sox or the A's. Or... You know what? I wouldn't have come to 2020 because I was think, thinking about his season then was uh he he like didn't have a great 2020 season. Yeah, but then he but went off in the, in the playoffs, playoffs. But yeah, yeah. so that makes but, sense. I, this just proves my point. Like we had to search through his multiple good postseason runs to to figure out the one I was even talking about. Um, but yeah, like I, I think Carlos Correa, as much of a bad rap as he gets for just having a super punchable face and playing in Houston and all of his like and not antics. Antics is a bad word, but like if he's not on your team, you hate him. Like he's yeah. he's one of those players. But if he's on your team, you're gonna root for him. Um, and I, I think baseball needs good heels. Like they, they need players that are hateable to 30 or 29 other fan bases. Um, and Carlos Correa is that, and, but I respect that because I think he's good for baseball, but also like his play backs it up. He's never gonna, 
he's probably not going to win an MVP, probably not going to be top five, but that's because he's just so round, well-rounded and the MVP is an offensive award. So, um, you know, people are going to point to that for, I don't know if he's going to be consistent enough to make the Hall of Fame, but like that's going to be a knock on his resume that, you know, he never won an MVP or anything like that, but he's just so well-rounded. Like that shouldn't count against him either. So he's number three. And if any anyone wanted to put him at number one, I would have no problem with it. Yeah, that was it. like exactly what I was saying at the beginning. It's just like any of the these guys could be number one, but um, the only re- the only real reason I I put Correa uh, down below Turner and Lindor was just the uh, the, the the stolen base factor. Uh, and if you want to point out anything negative, the the ankle situation that's that's uh, fair. Yeah, which we can get into that. We don't know how what that's really. We don't know the extent of that injury or what was going on really with that whole thing, but that is something to keep in the back of your mind uh, as the season progresses. But having said that, uh, he's still ridiculous. So uh, everything Nick said was right. The clutch factor is is super important. Uh, He might actually be the best hitting shortstop now that Tatis has moved on to the outfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, He walks at over a 10% clip, which I definitely like. And he absolutely crushes the baseball. So uh, really, the only thing last season that was missing was uh, the elite defense. He was still good, but uh, yeah. normally normally he's even better. So uh, now that he's uh, situated with the Twins, uh, he could have that second year pop off like we've been seeing with a lot of guys mm-hmm. and have a big season this season. So that's a great signing for the twins. It keeps them uh, competitive in that division. As long as they can stay healthy, him and Buxton, please just once. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Byron Buxton play a full season at this level because we'll get to him. I'm sure at some point too, but um, yeah, Cray is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, I, I do have to kind of retcon something I, I said. Correa did have a top five MVP finish in 2021. I kind of forgot how good he was in 2021. Um, so I have to retcon that, but I don't, I still don't think he'll ever win one, but that's not to say he isn't a good player. Like he's super well-rounded, but the ankle is something to monitor. Cause if that's going to be a lingering thing, which it seems like it is, then, you know, does he move to second? Cause Jorge, Jorge Polanco can play short. So like, is that something probably, probably not because of how much you're paying him, but like, you know, down the line, is that something that, or does he DH or, you know, who, who knows, but it's something to monitor. Um, And you mentioned the stolen base things, his rookie year, 2015, he went 14 of 18 stolen bases, 2016, his sophomore year, he went 13 of 16. You want to guess how many stolen base attempts he has since 2016, which is five and a half years. Attempts. Uh attempts the way you're framing it it's probably not a lot so i'll go low uh let's go with 30 way too high really eight stolen base eight attempts. eight <laughs> it, stolen base attempts that's like in the six past seasons. five and a half a year yep five <laughs> and a half seasons because obviously 2020 was short five yeah. and a half seasons eight stolen that's base crazy. attempts uh yeah he he didn't have any in 2020 none in 2021 and was 0 for one last year yeah I mean, that might be burner, the last but... stolen base attempt of carlos Correa's career <laughs> hey if it helps keep that ankle healthy yeah. it's not something he needs to do so yeah um if that's the solution then so be it so be it 
All right, moving on. You mentioned Fernando Tatis, and while we're not talking about him, we are talking about his new teammate, a guy I've been really high on for years. I know Ryan, who isn't here, has been really high on for years, and that's Xander Bogarts. You want to talk about the best hitting shortstops in baseball? I think this guy firmly belongs in the discussion because that's honestly what he's done so well to this point. Like, his defense was never all that great. It was better last year, but it still, like, was not all that great to the point where, you know, talks amongst Red Sox pundits and maybe within the even within the organization is would they have to move Bogarts away from shortstop and he was better now and obviously the Padres are slating him to be their everyday shortstop for the next 12 years or whatever you know that contract is uh and moving away Tatis from shortstop so he's good enough defensively but his offense is certainly what carries him like last year was it sounds so silly a down year by his standards 15 home runs 84 rbis um and but he still hit over 300 still had a, a ops above 800 but i think when i think xander bogarts i think 2019 whether that's fair or not sue me but he had uh sorry he had 73 rbis last year not 84 84 runs but 2019 he had 33 home runs and 117 rbis yes i know that was juice baseballs I don't care. <laughs> like Xander Bogarts has like always been one of my favorite players to watch. Um, and I, I think the Red Sox did him dirty in uh, like the contract negotiations, like trying to gaslight him into signing a, a, a deal that was way beneath him. Um, and I'm happy that he got paid. And it's cool that I was by the Padres too, because he deserves, obviously he's a world series champion, so I'm not going to feel too bad for him. And he's a, um, you know, a millionaire. So also not going to feel bad for him, but like, I'm happy that he gets to succeed with a team that's ready to compete right now. And he didn't have to go to no disrespect to Carlos Carrera, the twins, but he didn't have to go to a team like the twins that is constantly hoping they just make the playoffs. Like he actually got to go to a legitimate contender and continue on. Uh, because uh, again, I, I think he belongs in that conversation of the best hitting shortstops in baseball. And now he gets the protection that, he had back in Boston, you know, in the late 2010s, but now obviously with the Padres and that insane lineup they have with Machado and Tatis and Soto and all, all those guys that it's just a embarrassment of riches over there. But what are your thoughts on Xander Bogarts? Xander Bogarts is the epitome of consistency throughout the last five seasons. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get 130 to 140 WRC plus. You're going to get four to six war. You're going to yep. get uh, an yep. incredible bat in your lineup. Yep. And he's probably going to hit 300. He's probably going to slug 500. And that's like every season for the past like five years. So he might not peak to the heights of some other guys, but I'm taking that consistency any day because yep. you know what you're going to get. You know how to build around it. And so, yes, yeah, Sander Bogart's, is an incredible player. If there's one slight thing you could say is just that he's not going to have the monster anymore. And he liked to hit the ball off the monster and he liked to hit the ball over the monster. Uh, but I don't really think that's going to be a problem because he also hits for average. So it's, it's one of those things where it's pretty much just going to be, will the defense hold at shortstop for, for a while because he's, he's on a long-term contract. Obviously they could end up moving him, but uh, they can't really move him to third base because they just signed Manny Machado to like a 20 year contract. Everyone so. <laughs> is signed till 40. You play for the Padres. You're signed till you're 40. Yeah. I mean, you I Darvish, was... Fernando Tatis, Xander <laughs> Bogarts, Manny Machado. 
All yeah. signed Juan Soto probably next, unfortunately. All signed till they're 40. <laughs> I was just I'm thinking about even if they don't retain Soto, that team is still going to be a competitive squad for years. It's so. insane how they could lose Soto and not miss him. Like miss him to an extent, but not as much as like 20 other 29 other teams would miss Soto not, if they lost. Yeah, him. exactly. Exactly. So that team's nuts. He's nuts. Uh that should be just a, such a fun lineup to watch throughout this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to round out our top five is guy. I have a scorching. Eh, I don't know if it's scorching. I have a medium hot take. Like if you, you know, your stovetop burner is one through six. This is like a five. Uh, as far All as right, I got go. you. I hear you. Number five on our list is Corey Seager. Corey Seager, like Marcus Simeon, you know, kind of started slow with his new team, the Texas Rangers really picked it up. It might not have been to the level that we saw previously, but we mentioned it several times. There's a theme that popped up that we didn't realize the second year, sophomore year with your new team and really settling in. We saw it from Paul Goldschmidt. We saw it from Nolan Arenado. Like we saw it from multiple guys who have had like kind of downst for Francisco Lindor down years with their first year with their new team, but strong years bounce back year, so to speak with the second year with that squad. And I think we're in store for that with Corey Seager. So I'll, I'll let you handle all the numbers and metrics and all that stuff. And I'll just give you my hot take Corey Seager entering his age 29 season. So we're still in his prime within the next, I don't know if it'll be this year. Screw it. I'm going to say this year, Corey Seager, AL MVP. Damn. I didn't think you were going that far, but I think uh, uh, I'm going to refrain. Yeah, I'm going to say in the next two years, <laughs> I'm going to, but I love it though. I, I He like when he is on, he is as good as anyone in the league. His ceiling. I agree. His, um, yeah. That's a better way of phrasing it. But like his ceiling, he can, he can go up there insanely high insanely high whether he puts it all together whether he's healthy health has been the biggest thing the past couple years but he did play 151 games last year which is if you look at that within a like a baseball reference page so to speak or for instance like you see 151 oh yeah he missed a couple games here and there but he wasn't like injured it wasn't like a 120 or below you're like oh this guy was really injured but no 151 you're like oh that's still you know a large majority of the season um so hopefully the injury concerns are are behind him uh, but his ceiling is absurd and his speaking of postseason performances his postseason was that 2020 as well where he went off and he was like yeah because he was yeah he Series was MVP, he right? was absolutely wild in 2020 playoffs yeah um so his ceiling is i think higher than eh, i won't say higher because you know who knows what someone like trey turner can do uh, as high as any shortstop and honestly anyone in the league like when he is on he is on and i think the second year with his new team will will show that yes i'm 100 with you i had uh i believe i had Corey seager at three on our on my you list. did you had him very high so i'm pretty much a, i think most people saw last year that he was very unlucky uh you can you can look at the babip numbers and see that he had a lower BABIP than he did batting average, which is very uh, rare. I, that I don't know. 
I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> like, uh, be you know, honest. it's funny. because The reason I know it's possible is because of this. And the reason why is because BABIP doesn't account for home runs. So oh, that's right. That's right. That's this right. is on he any ball in play. Uh, yeah, in any ball in play. So he had a 242 BABIP. I believe that was the lowest among uh, players who had uh, as many bad bats as he did. So there was some bad luck there. That shift, uh, if... You know, a lot of people are debating the shift right now, whether it's going to impact things as much as we think. They're, the one batted ball type that will definitely be impacted is the one to right field in front of the right fielder where the second baseman was there. Mm-hmm. And that Corey Seeker He's a lefty, loves to so. hit the ball right there more than anyone I have ever seen. So <laughs> that on a, like that is going to actually legitimately help him a lot. Um, and then other than that, uh, he's... An extremely disciplined hitter. Uh, he makes good contact. He uh, can can hit for average, and he can obviously slug. The defense is is passable to the actually he actually had a pretty pretty good year. Yeah, he was solid. Year. So mm-hmm. you're not looking for him to be a Gold Glover up there, but you're looking for him to be solid. You got Marcus Simeon at second base who is a Gold Glover. I mean that middle infield. If you want to talk about reliable reliability, Marcus Sim- Marcus Simeon plays every game. And Corey Seager's got 150 here. So if he can continue with that and you got that due up the middle, I really like where the Rangers are headed in the future. Yeah, me too. And like with Corey Seager, the reason why he's going to have staying power, at least for me, within this top five discussion for shortstops is typically in his career, he's had more doubles than home runs, which is not a bad thing by any means. But last year in what would certainly be considered a down year for him, uh, He's like, eh, I'm just not going to hit doubles. I'm going to hit home runs. And he had a career high 33 home runs. In like, where the that 2020 World Series was, right? What's that? Remember, remember oh, yeah. That, it was in Globe that? Life. Yeah. Yeah. I think Which he is just, now his new home. He, I think he, he just, just liked just, it. He liked it. And he was just like, I'm just, I like this place. Let's that just... man made a business decision. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think it's going to work out for him in the, in the long run. Yeah. Absolutely. So Corey Seeger rounding out our top five shortstops. All right. Let's pause uh, and get a word from our sponsors. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, we are back and continuing on with our top 10 shortstops in baseball. And number six is a guy I feel like I've been a fan of, of multiple uh, players within our top 10 for several seasons, but it is a guy I've been high on mainly because his numbers don't look all that wild. You know, someone like a Trey Turner, Francisco Lindor, Corey Seager, who we just talked about, but he is super solid. And I think he's just been underrated his entire career, even at the time of his trade. And now he's really found a home in Milwaukee. And I think he deserves his flowers. That's Willie Adamas. Uh, started his career in Tampa, kind of got de facto pushed out because of Wander Franco, who we may or may not talk about here in a little bit. Um, so it was traded to Milwaukee, and I, I think has really found a home there. In 2021, he was traded after 41 games. With the Rays, he, he was abysmal in 2021, 625 OPS. After the trade, 99 games with Milwaukee, 886 OPS. Um, that obviously came down a little bit. That was like really high for what he's done in his, you know, short career. He's, this is only his sixth season, but, um, you know, like he's again, super underrated in my opinion, can do a lot of different things. Well, 31 home runs last year, 98 RBIs, both career highs for him. His, uh, on base percentage was a little bit down compared to where he normally is in his, you know, has been in his career. He's uh, averaging a 322. He was only at a 298 on base percentage. So you would like to see that come up, but I think part of that is just due to, you know, more aggressive, a more aggressive style at the plate and obviously hitting more home runs. You're going to walk less if you're uh, taking an aggressive approach at the plate. And obviously, you know, if you have an aggressive approach at the plate, you're going to strike out a little bit more too, which he had a career high in strikeouts last year as well. So I think, last year was just him displaying a little bit of versatility in the sweet spot for him is going to be somewhere in between um, where he's walking a little bit more, maybe not 30 home run, 31 home runs again, but you know, mid twenties, uh, 800 OPS, good defense, competitive team. Like I think Willie Adamas is, I can't say the most underrated shortstop in baseball, but certainly one of them. Yes, I am. I'm with you on that. Uh, pretty much since he came up as a Ray, he's been underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, Just two nobody teams, both <laughs> competitive teams. But it, it is it is bizarre. Teams because, you wouldn't pay attention to. Yeah, I know. It, that's why when I did my predictions, I was like, I cannot forget the Rays. They're there. <laughs> right. They're good. They're always good. <laughs> and it's like if you do pay attention to them, it's because of their pitching. 
Like yeah, not, no, but that, not because I mean, of their lineup. They got, or anything. they got a lineup down there right now. But oh uh, yeah, for sure. But healthy. I just mean like t- in years past, you pay yeah. attention to the Rays pitching in the bullpen, and you pay attention to the Brewers pitching in their bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think uh, Adamus definitely took a more aggressive approach in order to increase his power last season. Like you were saying, uh, it definitely showed up in terms of the barrel percentage. He was 90th percentile barrel barrel percentage, and he did hit 31 home runs home runs as a shortstop. Uh, he's always been a great defender. Uh, so really you're just looking for him to be consistent throughout the season. I think that was one thing uh, that he could, he could definitely help himself out with taking more walks so that when he does have the, have a slump, it doesn't look as bad because, uh, actually at the end of the season, he had one of the worst stretches in the last like week of the season that I mean, he hit like, he had like three hits in eight games. It was bad. Uh, and that kind of tanked his numbers towards the end. And actually they probably would look a lot better without that, that drop off, but either way, uh, despite the fact that he can go up and down overall, he's still a really good asset to your squad mm-hmm. and he's a, he's an excellent, uh, shortstop. So I'm totally cool with him being number six. Yeah. And I complete. Oh, um, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. 298 on base percentage is bad. Like, yeah, definitely don't want to overlook that. But I also believe that's not who he is. And he will like kind of correct that. Like I was saying, like the sweet spot is somewhere in between the power and the on base. I think he'll find it. And he's still in his prime. So, yeah, no, uh, it's 27. Yeah, so (laughs) it's crazy. Yeah, it feels like he's been in the league for 10 years. But real. um, Yeah, I I think he'll figure it out. So Willie Domus, number six, moving on to number seven, a guy. I also feel is underrated just because he was hurt last year. Um, and if you think back to, was it 2020 where the whole, let the kids play bat flip thing kind of really got loud. And this guy was at the forefront of it. And that's Tim Anderson of the Chicago white Sox coming in at number seven on our list. Some people might scratch their heads. I know there's probably bigger names out there. Um, and that's not to say we won't have them on our list, but I think Tim Anderson you, you kind of need to pump the brakes if you're dropping him too far in your rankings. Like he was injured last year and only played in 79 games, but people forget he was still an all-star <laughs> as like, you know, while as the all-star voting can get sometimes this, this dude is still very good. And yeah, he's hitting age 30 this year, but that's still considered to be your prime. And I think he will be just fine. Uh, next year, assuming he he's fully healthy, this guy won a batting title back in 2019. He hit 335, consistently has an OPS, you know, low to mid 800s. A little bit down last year, but still 734. There's some guys we were considering for a top 10 whose career high was like a 734, and this is a down year for this guy. You know, this is the Brandon Lau and you know other people um, who we've talked about in our respective top tens that have been injured. We don't want to overreact and drop them too far. And I firmly feel that way about Tim Anderson. Like he belongs in the top 10 unquestionably in my mind, where you put him, that's up to you. Cause again, health matters and availability matters. I'm not trying to say that, but it's not like this guy was necessarily injury prone in his career either. Like he's been injured some, but when you're playing 162 games in six months straight, you're going to get injured at some point. Like it, it just happens. So I'm not going to knock anyone for, you know, being unavailable at times unless it's a persistent recurring thing. But I don't think that's the case with Tim Anderson. And also whether you can't really quantify this in 
it may not be fair to necessarily use in, you know, these rankings, but the hype, the excitement that Tim Anderson brings to the table is better than most. Trey Turner, super boring personality. Sorry. I love Trey Turner to death, but like he doesn't really get fired up. He doesn't really have flashy moments and that's doesn't detract from his game, but like Tim Anderson, him getting fired up when he launches a home run, that's cool to me. And like, you know, that matters if you can fire up your team and the, the Chicago white Sox are the definition of mid. I think their franchise record is 500, like for the, you know, however many years they've been a, a squad a long like time. It, yeah. If you can fire up your team, your squad and build excitement, like that matters to me. It's may not be like super important in the grand scheme of things, but it matters, especially, you know, in tiebreakers and you can't quantify that. Like I said, but uh, I think Tim Anderson firmly deserves a spot in the top 10. So you're, you're, you're going for the intangibles here. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably a better way to put it. Like, okay. I think Tim Anderson brings a lot to the table, but it's not like he's a cheerleader either. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, he actually uh, produces. He, yeah, produces and backs up what he talks and what he says and the quote unquote antics he does like Batflip. Like you're allowed to do that if you're good and Tim Anderson's good. I agree that Tim Anderson is really good, but I think I, I actually had him bumped off this year i I was gonna say i don't think you had him on your top 10 mainly it was it was kind of you know similar to brandon Lau, like you said where he was injured and he'll probably have a bounce back it's just that the position is way deeper at shortstop than it is at second base uh there was just other guys that jumped out to me more uh but ta would have been right behind like i think he probably would have been 11 or 12 for me so i still really like uh his his game He is going to excel in this fast-paced, contact-oriented game we've been seeing so far in spring training. Uh, He likes to get on. He he doesn't want to wait wait around for pitches to be seen, okay? He's just going to get in there, and he's going to swing the bat. And uh, he's going to do it pretty effectively, which is going to make for a really fun time this season with all the speed-up rules because – He's just going to get in there and go. And uh, that's that's going to be fun. Hopefully uh, what his injury doesn't linger. I, I actually don't know what he, his injury ended up being. I believe he missed multiple stints with different stuff, if I'm if I recall correctly. So uh, hopefully he'll get get healthy and uh, be able to bounce back as, along with that White Sox team. There's a lot of guys who got hurt or underperformed last year. So we just have to see what what they got this season. Um, but yeah, even though Tim Anderson would have been off my list, I still really like him as a player and he could easily be on the list uh, by, by this time next year. Yeah, you were correct. Uh, so Tim Anderson in 2022, it was illness, groin, re-aggravation of the groin, finally came back after an extended period of time and then broke his finger. Yeah, that's what I, I, I thought it was a wrist, but yeah, same thing. This almost according to <laughs> FoxSports.com. Um, but yeah. So I, I'm still very high on Tim Anderson. I'm not going to overreact. If it's a repeat of last year, then I'll obviously reevaluate. But in my mind, Tim Anderson is unquestionably better than this next guy. And it's not that this next guy is not good. He's obviously in our top 10 for a reason. But Danzy Swanson comes in at number eight on our list. I had a hot take earlier. Well, let's go the other opposite direction and have a hot take 
but in a negative fashion. I think Danzy Swanson's the most overrated shortstop in baseball. I think the Chicago Cubs made Agreed. a horrible mistake paying him that contract. It was inevitable that he was going to get it because that's what the market demanded. But if I'm the Cubs, I wanted nothing, especially when you have Nico Horner. I didn't make that up, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's there. Okay. Second base I was now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the second base thing threw me off. I was like, they didn't trade him, right? Yeah, especially when you have Nico Horner, who's like, maybe he wouldn't have been top 10 shortstop, but he's more than a serviceable shortstop. I, I think they made a terrible mistake. Granted, they're going to have great defense up the middle because that's one thing Anzi Swanson has always done well. He's had a really good defense. But and, and maybe I'm stuck in 2017 through 2019 where Dansby was like a seven, like I think he had OPSs in the 600s, uh, but he was about like a 700 OPS guy. Didn't really hit for power, maybe like 15 home runs and all that stuff. But it's not like he had like a, a, a crazy on base percentage. Like he was there for his defense and he was serviceable offensively, but he's like your eight or nine hitter. And then last year, or I guess the past two years, like he had really solid years. Like he upped his home run total to, you know, 27 and 25 and, you know, was knocking on the door of 100 RBIs. And, um, you know, his OPS was uh, like 800 in 2020, but then it was, you know, high 700s in 2021, 2022. So the fact that he did it over, you know, two and a half seasons, it's it's a large enough sample size to say like that's who he is now and that's who he's turned into. So maybe he's just a late bloomer, but I still think he's super overrated. I would not put him anywhere close to that top tier. Like I can admit he plays great defense. I can admit like he's a valuable shortstop, but man, I, I just have a problem putting him a, ahead of the guys. Maybe it's this way. Maybe his, in my mind, his ceiling is so much lower than a lot of shortstops. And for that reason, I can't put him above a lot of them because I, I think a lot of these guys, especially these young guys, are going to pass him sooner rather than later. And he's just going to be who he's always been, a really good defensive guy and an okay to pretty decent uh, offensive guy. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that's totally what they want. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so th- that's fine. I just I wouldn't have done that. It's just me. That's that's fair. I also think it's a, it's a little different now with no shift. You need that defense. You, yeah, the, you can't no stick a guy. You can't crazy. hide a guy out there at second yeah. base or at shortstop or anywhere. Yeah. So uh, that that is something that teams are definitely factoring in. And Swanson is an elite defender. He can be a guy who can be a league average hitter and still have immense value just because of that. Um, but I don't think last year is the Dansby that you're going to get at the plate. Uh, last year he was really good at the plate and that's not something you really say about him going back throughout his career. But I do think he can be a guy who is a league average to slightly above league average hitter and an insanely good defensive shortstop. And that's good enough for right now to be in the top 10. Um, but yeah, in terms of like where he finished last year in war, he was like second and no way is he actually that good. So, uh, I think that he should he should get his flowers. He should be on the list, uh, in my opinion. But uh, you're all, you're also absolutely correct in saying that there are guys that are probably going to pass him. Yeah, like he's going to be the first one off my list next year. If if he if doesn't, he, if he doesn't, yeah, if he doesn't, obviously yeah. continue offensively the way he did in 2021 and 2022 yeah if he continues to hit like this he really can't fault uh, fault his game at that point no because uh, then i don't don't think it's gonna be like that good 
Right, because then he would be super well-rounded because of how good he is defensively. Oh, yeah. No, if um, the bat keeps up, all of a sudden he's a he's extremely – like he could bust in the top five, but I just don't – I don't see it continuing to be a 116 WRC plus for the rest of his career. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, all right, moving on to what? Number nine on our list? Yeah, number nine. Yep. Uh, a guy <laughs> – yet again – a guy I've been a fan of, but also I'm just a fan of this team in general. And that is Bo Bichette. So I do have to mention, he's not here to defend himself, but Ryan is the biggest Bo Bichette slash Toronto Blue Jays hater ever. So Bo, <laughs> Bo Bichette was almost like in danger of missing this list because of Ryan just not ranking. Solely because- <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, this is another guy I firmly have in my top um, top 10 for sure. And he led the league in hits last year, did he not? All right. So yeah, that, that sounds about right, considering he swings away a lot. So dumb question. That can, that can make sense. Dumb question. I have like we're recording at like nine thirty, so my brain is about shot at this point. Baseball Reference page: When a number is bolded, he led the league. Correct? Yes, that's correct. He led the league in hits in 2021 and 2022. <laughs> Definitively, we know now. <laughs> he led the league in hits. He had 191 in 2021 uh, or 189 in 2022. So two years in a row leading league in hits. Um, does swing away a lot, uh, but his on-base percentage is still s- super solid, more than serviceable. 343 in 2021, 333 in 2022. Ryan likes to argue that 2021, the numbers are skewed because of how often the Blue Jays played down in that minor league park in Florida. Obviously, playing in a minor league park in warmer climate is going to be a lot different than playing in a dome in Toronto. Um, and that's fair. I'll concede that point. But like, it's not as if his 2022 numbers were drastically different. Yeah, they were down a little bit, but it was within reason of what you would expect if you played half your season in in a, in a my league park, yeah. park in Compared Florida. Compared to league average, he was better than, right. than 21. Fair. Um, but I, I think Bobasha is super solid. Like we kind of doesn't get talked about because he was kind of the first young shortstop to come up. And now you're seeing other guys. I see Tatis came up around the same time, but like really took the league by storm. And now you're getting Wander Franco and, and some of these uh, other guys. And obviously the, the top four have always been the top four with Correa and Turner and Lindor and Bogarts and, and whatnot. Um, but Bo Bichette super solid. And I, I just don't get the hate personally. And honestly, I feel like number nine is even too low for him, but that just goes to show how deep this p- position is across baseball. Um, I I would put him ahead of Danzy Swanson. I believe i had him ahead of uh tim anderson too and i like tim anderson i was just on here defending tim anderson <laughs> but it just goes to show how high i am on Bo Bichette. i don't know that he's ever going to have a 930 ops like he did his rookie year i mean granted his rookie year was only 46 games i don't think he's ever going to be a 900 ops guy but he doesn't have to be to be like as good as i think he is just admit it it's the hair honestly Flo Bichette. if you have cheddar I'm going, if you have lettuce, whatever you, you know, food term you want to use for it. Yeah. I'm going to root for you. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So unless I'm you're Dansby Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no former Braves allowed, uh, but I'm glad we got to, got that point out of you. Uh, but anyways, yeah, no, but Bichette, there, there are definitely things you can nitpick about his game, but uh, he basically had the same season in 22 that he had in 21. And that's a damn good hitting season. 
Um, and the thing about Bichette is he's only 25. So you yeah. can see him even improve. Uh, maybe he starts taking more walks. Maybe he becomes a little bit more consistent and less streaky throughout the season. Maybe his defense improves. That's a big uh, sticking point with Bichette is that his defense is kind of weak compared to other shortstops. Um, but if, you know, if he can figure it out, maybe they end up moving him somewhere else to a position where he's better. I don't know. Uh, but he's got plenty of time to, to improve as a, as a ball player. And if he stays as good as he is right now, he's still pretty damn good. Uh, he's, he's a free swinger, so you're not going to get many walks out of him, but he's going to hit for power and he's going to get a lot of base hits. Uh, so realistically, I think he's only going to go up from here. If anything, mm-hmm. uh, if, and uh, if this is the player he is, that's also fine. So uh, I'm, I'm still a big fan of Bichette. I think he'll be fine going forward. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very glad you're in agreement because a little tired right now. Didn't have it, it in me to like go to war over Bo Bichette, but <laughs> like that's something instinctively I would yeah. want to do. So I'm glad I didn't have to fight today. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, you can, you can point out some, he's, he's, He's got some flaws, as does does most most players, but as uh, most four, 24 year olds do. Yeah, I think the the only thing with Bichette that you could maybe really argue is that is this sustainable for a long time because he doesn't walk, but he did it the last two seasons, so uh, no reason to really believe that he can't do it again. Exactly, hundred percent. All right, rounding out our top ten shortstops in baseball is a guy we previously mentioned. That is Wander Franco. I mean, you talk about hitting ground running and that's exactly what he did uh in 2021 when he made his debut like they traded away in my mind a top 10 shortstop to bring up a top 10 shortstop yep exactly (laughs) and then the rays who never pay anyone they extended their franchise young guy for i don't remember exactly what that deal was um it was was over a decade there's a 10 for one I, I can pull it or up. something yeah i can pull it up but like if the rays are identifying like the Rays have had really good players over the years and if they identify that that early and pay you you're very good <laughs> and he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he could be um you know we mentioned boba chet being so young so, so is wander franco he's only a, entering his age 22 season it's like I, f- I feel like every dude on this list is just young. And I mean, who's the stud. oldest? Freaking Bogarts, Correa, Bogarts. They're like thirty. Thirty, yeah. <laughs> so that's like Anderson's not that's 30. Not old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, Wander Franco. I mean, hot start. Cooled off a little bit last year, but he was also injured last year. So I think age twenty-two, which sounds so silly, but it's its third year in the league. Hopefully the health, you know, is good now. I I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. Baseball reference has him at a 778 OPS, which would be fine. But I also think we could see him blow the doors off uh, and just have an insane season. So, like, I don't know what to say about him other than I feel like he could be really, really good. Like just my super in-depth analysis on Wander Franco. I think he could be really, really good. All right, mad dog, calm down there. Uh, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it, it is, it is funny though, because you're right. We don't know what this guy is yet because he hasn't played a full season. 
But at the same time, the if the Rays, like you said, if the Rays are are going to pay you, there's not really any reason to doubt their player development and like their analytics department and what they know because they just keep bringing they keep bringing random guys up that you never heard of and they become good players. How about this guy who's actually a big name, and they paid him? So we've, we we all see the talent. We just he needs to put it together for a full season. I think uh, he's totally capable of that as long as health isn't a factor. So uh, yeah, I mean, even when he did play last year, he was still really good. So uh, that that's it's still encouraging. So let's just see it extrapolated over a full year, and then he'll probably just be a top ten shortstop for the rest of his life but at the same time you're right he could blow the doors off of this we really don't know uh he could be an mvp for all we know uh because that's kind of the hype that this guy has gotten since he came up so really just please stay healthy man i really i want to watch this guy play all season let's go yeah for real i mean we could say that about several people on this list for real for sure um but yeah i I think wander franco will be a guy that rises up this list not falls out of the top 10 uh as we go on to next year and the year after that and so on and so forth but just to recap our top 10 uh number one trey turner two lindor three correa four xander bogarts five Corey seager six willie adamas seven tim anderson eight dancy swanson nine Bo Bichette, and ten wander franco i'm sure you have some honorable mentions is there anyone you wanted to give a shout out to tommy edmund yep who should be on this list I figure that's where you're going, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, you no, talk but... first and I'll give a slight counterpoint, but I don't entirely disagree with you. Okay. That's yeah. I mean, I think uh, you, you have him listed basically as 11, so I can't be that upset, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this guy, I feel like we really need to be paying more attention to the, the base running and defense with, with some of these middle infielders positions that have become, you know, you're seeing a, that guy, guys that can hit really well from those positions, and that's kind of a newer thing if you think about the history of baseball. But, uh, I mean, Tommy Edmond, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that hits that well. I'm pretty sure he's going to be uh, from anywhere from slightly below league average to slightly above league average. But his the, his versatility and his defense and his and what he does on the bases – that that's simply enough to be in this in this list now granted uh he could be considered a utility guy uh he actually played more second base than shortstop last year so that's definitely something to consider as well but i'm pretty sure this year he's slotted to be their starting shortstop every day but you never know with the cardinals they seem to just kind of run a dude out there and he ends up being really good so (laughs) we'll have to see what they end up doing with him if he ends up being a utility guy or not but uh, if we're counting him as a shortstop, either way, I think he should he should be on the list. Uh, but yeah, that was my that was my one gripe with this list for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned it, so you're already kind of poking holes in my counter argument. Uh, I, I I would view him to this point as a utility guy, and if we're talking utility guys, he's probably number one or number two. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's like, totally fair. Th- this guy. I'm like low key becoming a Jake Cronenworth hater just because I constantly have to like mention it and I don't have anything <laughs> against Jake Cronenworth. Tommy Edwin is better than Jake Cronenworth. As like, a utility guy, I'm I'm gonna hundred percent agree. Yeah, like in but Cronenworth has the all-star games and plays yeah, in know, Slam Diego. Yeah. So it's like 
but if, if you're Edmund really gets lost diving, in the shuffle, there's right. just other guys there that are more of a headline, and he's he's even more lost in the shuffle now that Contreras en- enters the mix. So, right, but definitely pay attention to what this dude's doing because I mean he's pure electricity out there. Yeah, so I have no issues with Tommy Edmund, but one, I want to see a full season at shortstop. I think he'll be fine. But two, like I, this is one of the situations where tier based rankings are a little bit easier. Oh yeah, for sure. Because he probably is in the same tier as some of the guys that are like eight through ten, uh, you know, in a lot of lists. But I wouldn't put him in the top ten. Obviously, I didn't. So obviously, I wouldn't put him in the top ten because, like, a league average hitter is fine, but it's fine. You know, it, it's not like great. It, it's not if you can easily easily be replaced. If you if your team can easily find a player to approve, improve the position, you're not top 10 in my mind. And maybe it's not easy to replace like what the, all the other stuff he brings to the table, but it's very easy, eh, relatively easy to find a better offensive shortstop than Tommy Edmund. And I think that's the one thing holding him back in the top 10, not that he's not good, not that he needs to be replaced. I just think that's the one thing that's holding him back because I agree with you. I think he's just going to be a league average hitter hunt uh, around a hundred OPS plus around a seven, 30 to 750 OPS, both fine numbers, but again, not top 10 in my mind. All right. That's fair. You got any honorable mentions yourself? No. um, There are definitely other guys. Like we should should say like, but we just don't want to take, we're we're already probably going way too long. So actually, we're we're not doing too bad, but oh, uh, are we pitch clocked? <laughs> is that what's going on? <laughs> no, not pitch. Clock. Oh, okay. Gosh, that, that's a whole different discussion. I love. I'm not. I'm not I, making I have, fun of the pitch clock. By the way, I, I, I have it. a love hate relationship with the pitch clock. Yeah, I'm into it. There's definitely some things they could fix, but I'm into it so far. Yeah, yeah. That's for another. another yeah, day. it needs to be tweaked. I'll, I'll just. Yeah, no. There's that. definitely. Yeah, they can. They can definitely make some fixes. Yeah. Um. No, I don't really have any honorable mentions. I like that you included Tommy Edmund. Um. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. No, because like I my top ten made it to the top ten, so I didn't think too hard about oh, uh, mentions. Freaking Jeremy Pena. I mean, in the regular season last year wasn't the top ten, but I I, yeah, I don't have him anywhere close to my top ten. Right I, I I no, yeah, I'm just gonna shout out his playoff run. Fair. Uh yeah. And I'm also going to shout out freaking uh, Elvis Andrews, who had a sneaky good year last year. He did. He uh, when, did. I was, when I was looking at the uh, leaderboards here, I was like, oh, wow, Elvis Andrews, freaking 3-5 three, three, F4, 105 WRC plus, good defense, good on the bases. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't put him on, on the list, but he had a yeah. good year. Good for him. So that does it for our top 10 shortstops in baseball. Our next episode of the series will be tackling the third baseman, which is a very similar discussion because it's very top heavy, but the depth is there. Um, so it'll be a good discussion with a lot of superstar talent at the position. Um, but in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at half street, high heat for all the latest news and all of the content we post uh, follow Trey at reverse two R's two S's and check out, the youtube channel search half street high heat <laughs> don't backslash half street high heat apparently that does not work yeah, so well, I'll, I'll figure that out yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on twitter at the coach moose we appreciate listening again we will see you next time for third baseman 
But in the meantime, spring training is going on. So uh, let's go next. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. Dawn, well, you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.